Welcome back to the next episode of the Aliamania podcast. Uh, so today's guest is Thanat Farouk, another really exciting person. She's a Yemeni photographer based in the Netherlands. Uh, I won't give her too much of an introduction. Thanat's had a really exciting life um, and she will be very shortly telling us a lot more about it. So without further ado. Okay, perfect. Um, so thank you so much for um, joining us today. Um, so firstly, just give us an update. How are you doing? It's not, uh, well, it's not lockdown anymore, I think, wherever you are in, in the Netherlands. Yes. Hi, Asma. Thank you so much for having me today. And uh, it's a great pleasure. I love Aliamania. I told you that in the email. So I'm happy to, to be here today. Um, well, we started to see colorful days in the Netherlands. So when it comes to the lockdown, um, I mean, uh, people are getting vaccinated now. I think half of the half of the society has been vaccinated. So you see some, you know, people like shops are open again, um, restaurants, things like that. So it's really nice uh, to see to see um, humanity again, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. Okay, how did you find how did you find the whole period this whole year? How have you um, been sort of doing? Yeah, it's it's a really tricky question. I mean, I I'm on board with taking time off, like doing things, you know, um, taking things slow and all that. But I got like when it got so long, when it felt like oh this is not gonna end it started to irritate me because i anticipated it's gonna be like a month two months three months six months and then a year so it was it was a bit annoying but also as a photographer myself as a, or an artist um you know the process of creating has been challenging to be honest because i I mean, we're going to talk about that, but most of my ideas, like I don't, I'm not inspired by photographers. I'm not inspired by photography, actually. And um, I'm inspired by people. I'm inspired by the, the people that I photograph, by our conversations, by, you know, observing them, being in their domestic places, being in their environment. And that, like the fact that I didn't have that for so long, it was limiting. Um, be honest so it wasn't a pleasant experience but it's um but also like i did what everyone did reading lots of books watching lots of movies you know um yeah. yeah so not so bad at the end of the day so have you been have you been sort of doing any photography work during this time period or did you decide to take a step back no i am actually um i, I kind of have to i'm doing uh, a master's here uh, at the royal academy of arts in the hague so this was my first experience actually being in an art school i've never been in art school before so i started to do to do this program and i am in my second year uh, of my master so um the, like i had to work on my master's project uh which um, it's a new project. Uh, it's actually my first, I think, my first multimedia project. And it's about the interior emotional landscape of women in the diaspora here in the Netherlands. So I did my first book. I launched it and it was about my experience and I put it out there in the world. And my book was about 
uh, moving from Yemen, uh, uh, coming to the Netherlands, going through the asylum process, uh, experiencing migration, experiencing this transition. But then, like, and then I launched the book, and that was okay. What is that's the that the story is not finished yet. Uh, it's not over. Um, what that was if like it's kind of felt that as if I produced chapter one and I felt that I really needed to tackle what happened after you like what what happened after you cross the boundaries um so I was really intrigued to do a project about um uh women in the diaspora how we like i'm including myself how we actually navigate through these changes going like emotions such as nostalgia joy um loneliness uh integration uh being in a completely different society and having to navigate through that um so i had to work on this project so I've been, I likely, um, fortunately, I was able to shoot during COVID, um, mainly because uh, I didn't have, for this, for the concept to work, I did not shoot in, in the domestic places of my women. So the photo, photo shoots and um, every meeting that took place, took place outside. Uh, so that, like I made sure that we, stay um, safe uh, of course and I it's also it includes a lot of research so um, and then a video so I've been working on that it's not like I I I like working on long-term projects and I think I'm willing to spend another one year or two years with this project I don't think I can manage to come up with a concrete and solid project in just a few months especially during the COVID uh, era. Uh, so that's what I've been doing during COVID. Okay, wow, that sounds really exciting. Um, yeah, I'm really excited, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing about long-term projects, I, th I think I remember a cool reading when I was sort of looking at your work that you tend to go back to, to the people that you've worked with before. Sure. So it's not just like a one-time take a photo and get out of there. Yeah, too. I came from a documentary background, so that slightly changed now. I don't really see my practice as a documentary anymore, but I came from this documentary background uh, that that for a successful project to work, you really need to establish this um, trust uh, with your participants, this really honest and open and relationship, um, because that can that really reflects on the material uh that really reflects on um the work um so every person that i encountered and photographed for my book for example i made sure that no it's not just i don't really like you inspire me you made this book with me i tend to use photography as a social practice as well and engage my the people I photograph in, in, in the image making, in, in, in the making of the project itself. And so it's never goodbye. Thank you. It's never. It's about visiting and revisiting. And never forget to mention that we both go um, on, um, we experience same similar like a lot of similarities when it comes to uh this issues of navigating the new so sometimes actually i really don't understand what i'm doing 
as a photographer, I don't really understand what I experience when it comes to emotions. And they provide me with a lot of a lot of clarity. Um, so I, it's not just that I, they are part of uh, the photo shoots or they are part of the image making, but also they are part of the research. I tend to return to them for a conversation, for uh, information, for um, questions, for seeking clarities. And so this process is very, very important. And I see, like, we grow. We Our emotions grow. Uh, they get really complex yet, yes, with time. But we, I, I feel like collectively we, we help each other to understand what is happening. Um, the ups and downs, the lows. Uh, the, it's a new system at the end of the day. Um, so visiting and revisiting and going back to them it's it it i think it what leads uh what um what directs me to continue a project what inspires me more and leads me to um and eventually i hope it leads to a successful uh outcome uh yeah and uh another thing i never produce a, like i don't really have i don't produce self portraits uh in the literal meaning of self portraits but i always say I do, I really do, and I do them not through just in, not through photographing myself. I do them through photographing the people um, I do uh, that I I do them through photographing everyone that is part of my project. So in a way, their stories, their experience, experiences are portraits of my situation and story as well. Mm -hmm. Sorry, that was a long um answer. <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> um, do you do you um how, how do you sort of normally try to establish that kind of relationship with someone that you want to involve? And have have you ever like ended up with? I mean, you know, not everyone's going to react in the same way. Have, have you had perhaps like quite hostile responses um before, or how has it been? Yeah, collaboration is really tricky, and it's a very it takes a lot of uh, effort and experience. But also, um, it's not really hard as long as you are very transparent with your goals and transparent with your ideas and your motives and outcomes. Uh, so um, it's never. I don't think. Again, uh, I work with people who have similar experiences of my own experience. So I'm not. Like I don't, I'm not a strange. I'm not stranger into their own lives, and they are not stranger uh, to my own life. Uh, so we all go through similar path here, and but it requires a lot of trust at the end of the day. So it's not just hey, I'm here to do this photo project, and I'm gonna move on. It requires that I again, I'm transparent with my own project. I a lot of a lot of. Um, I'm really open about it, and like I said, there is a key word here that I would like that I pass on to my students uh, uh, in photography that don't don't work, don't make a, uh, um, a photographic work about somebody, but try to do a photographic work with somebody. So this this makes sense a lot when you when when you have that in your in your mind because oh it's not about him or her it's about it's about us working together so that really encourages my participants to be part of my project uh, because they have this agency and they their voice is there uh, we even um, 
it's not also about this one photo and that's it. I, I'm really interested. I'm always, I keep them uh, on the loop in the sense that let's edit together. Let's sit down and work on the sequence. Let's sit down and talk about the images uh, that I've shot, I've, I've taken of you. Um, I show them the photos. I show them the material. I discuss with them how to to develop them farther. So they are actually part of the decision-making process here. Um, some of them are so interested and passionate. Yes, let's do this. And some of them, um, oh, I'm t this is too exhausting. Just take the photo. <laughs> but it's always like giving them the option. It's always about... Um, it is not about me. It's about us together making this project, and and yeah, like I, it's I could I have encounters with people who are like um, absolutely not, no way. But at the end of the day, like you, it's there should be like it's a matter of respecting um, boundaries, and I I make sure that. If it's a no, no, it's a no, no. I like I can't be pushy. If 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 somebody is not willing to be to see the value of this project or to help out, it's there's no judgment here. Um, I respect their privacy. I respect their opinion. I respect that the fact that they don't want to be in my project, and I, I move on simply. Um, but I make sure that we are on a good term, regardless. I mean, I think it's um, really wonderful that you try very hard to involve the people that you work with um, as much as possible and really give them a sort of, uh, like like you said, a sense of agency, um, a kind of, it's not just, you know, someone's taken my photo and like, I don't know what they've done with it. Yeah. They kind of can get involved with the whole editing process and everything. And I think that's, um, that's really yeah. important. It's very important. And also, it's after what comes after the photo, because... You, you you might think that your job as a photographer is I've taken this photo, it's part of a project, but also you need to involve them in where this photo is going to travel. How would I circulate it? Because at the end of the day, it's their own story and they need to know, they need to be fully know about where will they circulate it. Is it in a gallery? Is it going to be in a book? Is it going to be in a podcast? or Instagram, they need to have this information clear. And I think that's why every time um, I visit them again or I request them to be part of a new project, I don't see hesitation, mainly because I, mean, I make sure to maintain this clarity. It's going to a show. It's going to be in my book. Um, you're going to see it here and you're going to see it there. And um, that's what is going to happen. Sometimes... When I'm absolutely like, especially in a new project, when like in this new project, there's blue sky today and no rain. I meet the women and I literally tell them, Asma, I really don't know what I'm doing with this project yet, but we will figure it out together. So when I'm like so not sure about anything, I'm also open about that. Um, so that also um, give them sense of comfort, uh, being vulnerable, I guess. So do you, do you sometimes find yourself in a position where you're taking photographs without necessarily a clear uh, end in sight, if that makes sense? So like you just said, not necessarily sure about where you're going with it. Um, yes. so, so it's a process more, I want to just, I, you know, I've been inspired in the moment 
and because I've met this person and then I go on with it and then I think about how to put it all together. Is, is that sort of your process? Always. <laughs> I think this is part of my practice and who I am as a photographer. There are, I tend to categorize uh, image maker or storytellers or photographers into two categories. There are those who uh, make their research, uh, spend a lot of time planning and you know, putting up together um, this amazing research on their projects, the context, uh, the outcomes and everything. And then boom, they're out there taking the photos and making what they need to make. Um, and that's their project. Now there's this type that they wouldn't do, like they don't know what they are doing unless they are photographing. And that's me. I, I envy my friends. Like I have a lot of uh, photographers who are like, Sana, I just planned this. I made my research and um, I, my project is going to be about this and that. And I'm going to start photographing next week. It doesn't work with me that way. I wish I worked like that. It's, it, would be, it would be way easier. I only know what I know unless I'm photographing. And this is why during COVID, I was so frustrated because, yeah, I have all this time to plan and to figure out things and make my research and, and the outcomes and, and, and try different material and try different medium. But no, it doesn't work with me. I need to be out there and start shooting and start photographing. Um, it's only then I understand what I'm doing and build up uh, the, the narrative and the sequence and the editing. Um, uh, so the more I photograph, the more I understand more about my project. Uh, so that's why when I talk to the people I photograph, I, I, I make sure they know about that. Um, I'm very comfortable with this vulnerability of mine that I really don't know what I'm doing. I mean, I have a vision for it, for, especially when it comes to the imagery. Um, the static and everything, I, I know exactly what kind of images I want to take. But when it comes to the narrative and the editing and the sequencing and the storyline, no, that that's something I tend to build up while I'm photographing. And because, you know, and I realize it's not a bad thing at the end of the day. There is this, there are a lot of happy accidents, a lot of um, elements of surprises that comes in between. And uh, so that I'm, that's where I, I tell myself that a lot to make me feel better. <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can imagine. But uh, yeah, there are a lot of elements of surprises, ups and downs and highs and lows that I feel like, hmm, that's interesting that I happen to know about them now. Uh, so I guess it's really not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I guess everyone has yeah, their way of working. Yeah, it depends about how, how you go with your practice what you are used to and what you feel it's like comfortable uh with your as long as you're honest with your motives and where you want your work to go for that's the most mm -hmm. important thing yeah so would you say um getting into photography was a bit of a happy accident for you um no no that's different that's really different. It wasn't happy accident at all. It was a choice. It was actually a decision. Um, I didn't start with photography. I started as a writer. So, um, which 
writing is also a form of art at the end of the day, it's a form of expression. So I started as a writer when I was 16, 15, and I would write short stories, poems, and, but, you know, I grew up in Yemen, born and raised, went to, I went to public school, and you can imagine there's no even, we're not even lucky with having art classes or the concept of darkroom was really, really strange for me. Uh, so I only got to be introduced to photography when I left home to Canada to pursue my high school there. Um, and then that was the, my first time attending art class. And it was shocking. I mean, it was another world uh, to me. So that's why where I, like, I got to... You know, I even started with analog. I did not started with I did not start with digital camera. Um, so I got to be exposed to this for to these different forms of expression. So writing was no longer appealing to me. It was not. It did not like. I'm no longer interested in in keeping at it. Um, so I'm. I was really impressed by everything by the everything that I got to know about photography at that back then, and then. I studied photography um, not as um, I did not have formal photography education, but I took a lot of classes during my undergrad in the States. And then I went home. Uh, I returned to Yemen in 2013. And like I said, I needed to express myself. I needed to um, to get to know Yemen uh, more uh, and for me, it was photography was such a powerful act of empowerment. The fact that I could hold the camera and be out there in the street and, and photographing, it was really thrilled. Like I was really thrilled all the time uh, to have this. And I also tell everyone that I really don't, I didn't care about what kind of photos I take. Yes, uh, usually people, usually, you know, urban life in Yemen, but it wasn't the most important thing. It was about me holding a camera and expressing myself through it. So it wasn't a happy accident, definitely. And then because you need to develop the passion is because, yeah, it's nice. It's uh, active empowerment, but what is next? So, um, and then of course it's moved from just being a hobby to more like, this is what I want to be. Um, and then I started to, in 2015, I took it seriously and I worked as, a, I started to, I began to work as a professional photographer in Yemen. So you started doing street photography in Yemen, am I right? Um, it's called streets, but I would, no, here's the thing. I was in the street, but I don't think what I was doing is a street photography. <laughs> I was photographing everything. I was really, I would be honest with you, I was in, I was interested in the medium itself. What can photography do? Um, that was what interested me. Uh, but taking it, yeah, I called myself, I was less knowledgeable about photography and everything. So yeah, I, back then I called myself as a, I'm a street photographer. Photographer. Uh, I would be proud of it. I'm in the street. I am a street photographer. But at the end of the day, when I look at those photos I've taken, they were not street photography. They were Sena is being curious about the world and her surroundings, and she's trying to document everything. <laughs> so it wasn't really as um, now when I reflect, uh, it wasn't, but I called myself that back then. <laughs> yeah. 
those beginnings are very important, Asma. It's it's what shapes you uh, at the end of the day. Uh, I, I, I come across photographers who would be ashamed of their early uh, imagery or their early attempts in photography, but this naive attempts and images who've taken in the past, that's what led us uh, to where we are now. So move, like being in the street, documenting my own surroundings, it, it's what led me to where I am now. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. No need to sort of be ashamed of where you began. Everyone starts somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's a little sad to hear, actually. Um, but I'm glad to hear your attitude is a bit more sort of hands-on and just sort of go for it. Um, so for you, when it became a sort of professional thing, um, how did that sort of change? So did you sort of change in terms of the scope of what you were trying to achieve or like what you decided to try to document? Like, did that impact the way you sort of... Uh, took your photos in a sense and, and looked at people yeah i think back then like i said i was more about documenting my own surrounding impressed by the medium interested like in what photography can do i am and like i would hold the camera and take the image and i feel like wow that's amazing i did that so there was no vision back then but you like you grow at the end of the day and i felt like i'm very fascinated about photographing um people stories i am very good at documenting recording um if that makes sense it's not about images it's about text it's about photos sound uh, records, evidences, instance, like all this shapes the, the photo itself. So I thought, okay, I see myself more as a, a documentary photographer. I want to focus on more, like go into a deeper level with photography. Then you need, you need, you need an, an experience to shake that on you, to, to shake that, um, to make that happen, of course. Uh, in 2015, the war in Yemen began, and it was shocking to everyone. Um, we read we read about war in, in books, in we watch war uh, in movies and and novels, but to experience it was a different thing for us. Um, and I needed to express like what I feel uh, and. Back then was I wasn't interested to be I could take that I could have taken that road of being a photojournalist, being uh, on the front line documenting the killings and the and and the suffering and and the dis, like the catastrophe that is happening in Yemen. But that did not interest me. Uh, that did not interest me at all. What interested me back then was what happened what was happening inside the household itself. Like a lot of my cousins, a lot of my, uh, two of my aunts that we remember had to flee from Taz to Sana'a and stayed uh, in my house, uh, in our house. And to observe that, to observe how women deal with that, um, with the war was really interesting. Um, I've seen how, I've witnessed how 
no matter what happened, women will do the best they could to make sure their children safe, they are well fed, uh, they go to bed happy at some point. Um, I've seen, I've witnessed it in my family. I've witnessed it in the women in my neighborhood uh, and in in generally everywhere. And that was exciting. And that was, it gave me hope. It actually what made me feel like I have a purpose. I really need to document their experience, to document their resilience. So now it, my work shifted from, you know, being out there, uh, documenting what whatever interested me into more focusing about women's stories in Yemen, uh, especially during the war. And I started to take commissions. I started to have more access, to build more trust. And so uh, back then I made uh, my project, Women Like Us, uh, which I've documented stories of women uh, who in Yemen experiencing the war. I don't think the work is finished. I had to leave Yemen before that happens. But it was really exciting. Um, exciting, not in a happy way, but exciting in a, in a very, you know, like, it made me feel calm about, it made me feel that I have a role, that I have, um, that I'm not useless during in times of war, that I can share these stories Um everywhere and people can learn um what's happening through the resilience of women in Yemen yeah that's that project is um is really sweet when I was sort of going through it I think it's um again like for example just Al Yemenia is very woman focused as well but um it was just very sweet to see how you were um sort of uh showing us the very sort of uh like the very kind of daily domestics that were still going on and were still sort of going on in the background of everything, you know, like in Sanaa and like with, with everything going on. No one else is like perhaps thinking so hard about what's going on in, daily, in the daily, like in the household. Um, so it was actually like really nice to see that as a focus, um, as opposed to like what you were saying, like kind of going frontline coverage of the war in a sense it's a mm -hmm. completely different aspect so from women like us did you then go on to do um the born in a prison series was that yeah. was that the following one that was before the war that was an assignment that's true i've taken uh i've taken more focus scope on documenting women's stories but i feel there were uh baby steps towards that had so in 2014, I had an assignment to go to document uh, women in the prison and their children. And that was really eye-opener, a uh, very shocking reality about what women and their children go through. I mean, I've seen children, the five years old, seven years old, six years old, grew up in prison. Um so I documented that uh, in 2014. The goal was to go back and document it again, but that hasn't happened. But I'd like to believe that many projects, many uh, of documenting women and children in the prison was my baby steps toward taking more focused scope um, in photography. That project was definitely like very heartbreaking to see, I think, um, when I was sort of leafing through the photographs and, and you could see, you know, there, there are these moments of like totally innocent, you know, young faces that 
just are so full of, you know, they're smiling, they're happy. You can tell that they're making the most of their situation and they don't, I guess, because they've not really seen the rest of the world, there's almost no, they don't, I guess they don't realize what they're missing out on in a sense. You know, I, I'm not, who am I to judge them? Of course, there are the guilty ones, the innocent ones. But at the end of the day, even the guilty women uh, who really committed a crime uh, on purpose, their upbringing or uh, special circumstances had led them to that, to that. So for me, I felt, oh my God, in that case, all of them are innocent because it's so, it's not, it's the reality that actually led them, uh, the hardship uh the social i mean if i met a, i remember i met a woman who were a thief um she was in the prison because i think she stole uh, uh they caught her stolen things from a house and but then she she wanted to feed her children uh so while she was working she was a maid in that house she that was her like hope to get some money and feed her children so of course i'm against that the absolutely i'm against that act of stealing but at the end of the day there are special circumstances that led her to to do that and you can imagine there are a lot of similar stories uh like that in the prison uh but but then there are also innocent ones and um but my interest was not just the women where I I didn't know that they that were children um, being born in prison. You know, that was also shocking. And there was no in, real infrastructure, uh, no, like there was even a, no school as well in, 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 in the prison. There's, there was only one class, but it wasn't always functioning. So, um, it's it it was really shocking experience back then and the hope was to go back and extend that project but that didn't happen but one of the things that i hope to continue in the future yeah i can imagine that was um definitely like a, a an eye-opening and somewhat difficult experience to be honest um to witness that firsthand yeah. um but perhaps sort of one in a line of like many things i guess difficult things um or difficult stories i think you ended up having to listen to um i think having a look at some of your work um it seems like you're exposed to a a lot of a lot of tales of hardship and and sort of mm. you know um in a sense uh sort of difficult journeys people sort of being lost and i think it was um the uh i i was younger yesterday was that where you documented like the stories of six refugees um who's asylum no they're not refugees they're, yeah the people get confused them they are not refugees yet refugee is a very very privileged title to be a refugee is to be given all the rights to stay in this country um so you're granted the right to stay in this country so being a refugee is really good they were undocumented asylum seekers, which means they were rejected or denied a refugee status in the Netherlands and Europe in general. Um, mainly because there are so many different uh, reasons for that. Um, but uh, I guess everything, like everything, 
the yeah it's they are stories of hardships difficulties waiting but also i tried as much as i could that i photographed them in the most intimate dignified way possible so i was younger yesterday is a project that i worked on or um uh, that i began after I launched my book, or, or sorry, after I finished working on my project, on my book. And it was really inspired by my book at the end of the day, because um, I met all these people, you meet all these refugees. Yeah, you learn about their successful stories. Yay, we made it to the Netherlands. Happy, happy, happy ending. But then you meet those people who are not, no, their status is so unclear. They're, they're, either being rejected or they are put on a hold um, on waiting. Uh, and that waiting phase can take years. So I was younger yesterday is different from any project I've done before because every project I've done before was driven by people's experiences, including uh, my book. But I was younger yesterday, it was really driven by the concept of waiting. And this was my first time ever work, uh, document or trying to visualize a concept, not human experiences. What I mean by that, what does it really mean to wait? How, waiting, how does it look like? How does it feel? Um, do we, like, we don't see it, but then how can you describe your waiting? So for me, um, it was my first time working on vis trying to visualize concepts through people uh experiences um so yes i documented um five individuals actually uh who are still here in the netherlands with no refugee status some of them here for five years some of them for 18 years actually uh leila is one of the people that i uh, have for th that i've documented for this project and she's been here for 18 years uh, 18 years, that's actually a lifetime. She's 50 now. And um, and she's still, like, she's still, sometimes I feel like, oh, this woman lost hope. But sometimes she feels, oh, no, I can, I, I will carry on. So w that project felt like it never, it will never end because how long I can keep photographing the weight at the end of the day. Uh, but at some point I felt, okay, I had, I wanted to say something and I said it through the photography. So, uh, the project began last year and I officially, um, launched it, uh, this year and it was, um, supported by the Arab documentary fund. Um, and that was, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy about the project, uh, very happy about the imagery, but at the end of the day, what can I, what can my project add to their lives? Um, so that a question I always um, confront myself with. Um, absolutely, like eighteen years is, is kind of shocking, really. Um, I was I was thinking about it briefly when I was going through the project, and I really thought, you know, how how sort of inefficient and, and awful and and sort of difficult are like these processes for people. I just because um, it, it seems to be the case in a lot of countries where people just end up waiting indefinitely and in, in fairly like not necessarily very nice conditions, um, and it's just uh, 
I just don't I don't understand how we've ended up with such a such like it's almost universal where the system is just so so convoluted and difficult and leaves people in limbo despite the fact that it's such a huge thing for the people that have to wait and and then sort of like wait for a decision and an outcome this is massive this affects their every day this affects you know where they live what they eat how you know the sense of belonging, their education, their jobs, absolutely everything. And yet they're just made to wait for for an astonishing amount of time. Like 18 years is, is absolutely ridiculous. I mean... <laughs> 18 years, you're not allowed to work and you don't have a health insurance. Uh, you're not allowed to pursue education, nothing. Because you're not part of the system. And in, the, in, the, in this project, I'm actually like... In, my goal wasn't really to i'm not an activist i'm not i wasn't trying to criticize the system but it was more about there is pain here can you look at it um and people are waiting a lifetime and uh one of the participants in this project she told me i'm in between tana i'm in between this like she said it to me in Arabic, so it makes a lot of sense in Arabic. But she said, I'm neither in the sky, neither in the, uh, on the ground. So I'm hanging in between. So that was the perfect, perfect description for the situation. Hanging in between, uh, being in limbo. Um, yeah. And I, I, think, I think what keeps us excited about what, in general, we human beings, what, ex- what makes us excited about... Um, about everything in life that we have, we can envision our future, right? You can dream about things. Uh, you can uh, plan for things. You can say, oh, in a year from now, I'll do this or that, or I will, uh, that was in the future, I hope for this to happen. But when that is taken from you, you can't even envision your future. It's, it's, um, it's tricky. It's really cool to think about that um so yeah i'm i don't i feel like if i if i move forward with this project would be about this idea like not being able to access the the future um so from what i understand you also went through the system in the netherlands can can i sort of ask a little bit about how your experience was yeah um i mean i came to the netherlands i i'm like i said i'm in a very privileged position because I did not have to experience this notion of, you know, uh, uncertainty for a long time. Yes, I did experience it uh, because this is how the process goes. Uh, but at the end of the day, in a few months, I've had my status. Uh, I was like able to continue with life, work, uh, just pursue, pursue future. Um, and start a new life in the Netherlands, but be me my like being exper- like having experienced the wait myself, even though it was not that long, uh, I knew exactly how it tastes. It really tastes so bad. <laughs> it feels really bad. Like you wake up in the morning and you feel like, okay, so what is next? What is gonna happen tomorrow? Like living with a lot of uncertainty. Uh, it's it it actually moved me. Yeah. And inspired me as well. So uh, I think what led me to this project is my own experience uh, with the weight. Uh, I cannot compare to the people experiences, of course. But at the end of the day, I, I knew how it felt. Um, so when I talk to them and say, 
I know exactly how you feel. I'm not lying. I really know exactly how you feel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I guess uh, on my part, I uh, I'm pretty happy with uh, most of this. I just I guess I just wanted to ask as well. You've recently begun. Or you you've been teaching, right? Like you've gone into teaching recently. Yeah, I'm. Um, I. I think teaching has become part of my practice and how I grow and how I process uh, photography. So uh, I, I'm not I'm not teaching in a formal institution, but I give a lot of workshops, and they are not really limited to photography. It's more about the idea of pursuing storytelling as a way of expression. So I've been doing that for the past um, a year now, and I'm also. Uh, one of the mentors in uh, Goda Institute in Jordan. Um, so for for their uh, new project uh, that is happening in Yemen now. So I'm mentoring uh, a photographer in Yemen. So I really love this experience of teaching and mentoring. I think it really shapes who I am as a photographer as well. I learn so much from the process and I learn so much from the people that I teach. Uh, and I give workshop too. Um, uh, so yeah, that has been uh, rewarding so far. And I I will intend to continue to continue uh, this uh, path in my career. Beside, of course, working on my personal projects. Yeah, I mean, so you should be. Are you finishing up your masters this year? I'm finishing my masters around July. Uh, the plan is actually to continue teaching, mentoring students, um, whether in the Netherlands or outside the Netherlands. Uh, and beside that, uh, continue with my master project, which is actually, I feel like it's another long-term project. Uh, I cannot anticipate the outcomes for it yet, but I'm hoping to, uh, again, I'll figure that out during the process. Uh, so that's what's going to happen afterwards. Yeah. Lovely. And I'm really excited about this project. I feel uh, I'm mainly excited about it because, again, uh, I'm like I said, for my project I was younger yesterday, I'm triggered by concepts. And this one, I'm, I'm photographing and continuing with this project on, based on emotions, uh, trying to tackle emotions like nostalgia and joy how to visualize nostalgia for example it's a very very challenging thing and it, it really excites me really excite it actually excites me to play with this new concept of visualizing emotions and i also like i will tend to you to play with sound and video and the physicality of the photograph um as a, as a tool as for resistance uh especially when i talk about women stories in the diaspora and how they go through the process of integration and uh, settling down uh, so that's something i look forward to continue uh, i think i'm not just speaking for myself when i say that um uh, i'm very i'm looking forward to seeing how this sort of goes um and hopefully if, if, you, if you're able to share the sort of results you get from that i'll, I'll definitely be keeping an eye out for that um, Thank you so much for um, sitting down and sort of giving up some time to chat with me um, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, it's been really, really interesting. Um, we've had um, another photographer um, previously, uh, you might know Bushrod Um 
and it's it's really nice actually to hear like a completely different perspective as well um, in terms of sort of what you guys photograph and, and sort of projects you do um, and sort of kind of the process and, and, and everything. Um, so that's been it's been really lovely. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you, Asma, and I'm very inspired by the, this podcast so far, and I really enjoyed it. And it's nice to see also uh, other colleague photographers in it, uh, whom I really admire and appreciate uh, their work and their art. Uh, so thank you so much for having me today. Uh, really interesting. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you.